0: Genesis chapter 1, we'll get here in just a, just a moment tonight, and um, I, will, I will not be long, and that's not, uh, I hope it's not a lie, but uh, it's something very very simple tonight, nothing that you've never heard before. In fact, if you ever hear something that you've never heard before, I hope that you go search, go search it for yourself, because if you've heard, never heard something and uh, it's something new, maybe it's not true, um, but something very simple tonight. We'll get three questions tonight, but how many of you... I've actually, the only type of eye exam I've ever had is going to uh, like, a, like a physical and reading the chart on the end of the wall, and uh, what's interesting is this just happened a few weeks ago. My daughter went in for a school physical, and I was standing right by the chart, and she's missing some of the letters. I'm like, how is she missing, missing these letters? Well, a couple weeks later, I had to get my uh, DOT CDL physical, and they did the same chart, same place, and I did worse than she did, um, but um, they somehow they passed me, so anyways. Uh, don't don't be around me when I'm driving. But um, anyways, but they they you go to this eye exam and there's those uh, I've never been to one, but I've seen pictures of it. I Should have had one ready. But they have that uh, that old that machine that like goes up to your eyes. Does anybody know the name of that machine? What? No, the one that's like the the whole like the almost looks like you put a quarter in it and you go sightseeing. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, it's the foropter. Foropter is what it is. I should have had a picture of it, but. Um, uh, you know, it's also it can also be called a refractor. It helps the eye doctor figure out the issue with your eyes. And you know, many people have I can see there's glasses around here, but not everybody has the same prescription. Uh, maybe you could put somebody else's on and it's close, uh, but they got to figure out the doctor has to figure out what what you need. What's the prescription uh, there for your eyes? And so tonight, I guess as we get into this new year, uh, it's my prayer that this message, very simple message and challenge tonight, could be type of a, of a, an eye ex- examination. And uh, the, the focus should be Christ. We need a refocus on Christ. Refocus on Christ will be the challenge tonight. And, you know, uh, as uh, we look around us, there's some things that really don't make a whole lot of sense. There. But when you read the, the Word of God and you do an eye examination, there's a lot of things that become more clear, uh, more clear around you. And you see what the Lord is doing and uh, how the, His Word is being fulfilled and prophecy being fulfilled. and. So tonight we're going to have three questions for our examination tonight, and I'll give you the three questions, and then we'll look at them together, and uh, I'm going to ask you when we come to these questions, so if you want to write them down and think about, because I want someone to give me an answer of what they think, but here's question number one. Question number one, what is our purpose? What is our purpose? Don't answer right now, okay, but what is our purpose, okay? Question number two, um, again, very, very easy question. So number two, what happened? What happened? We'll look at that. And then question number three, what is our purpose now, and how do we fulfill it? So what is our purpose, what happened, and what is our purpose now, and how do we fulfill it? Um, Let's pray, and then we'll jump into um, the scripture here tonight. Heavenly Father, God, I thank you for the testimonies that we've heard tonight. God, I pray, um, Lord, I pray for Liam as he uh, leaves to go on on his trip. Lord, I pray you give him safety. Lord, I pray you'd find a good church for him to be in. Lord, help him to continue to, to be in your word. Lord, I pray you just put a hedge of protection about him. Thank you for his testimony tonight. Lord, thank you for many of those that gave testimony. Uh, Lord, I pray you'd bless, uh, bless uh, us as we go out this week. Help us to speak the name to Christ to somebody this week. We thank you for the, uh, the, the several people that have been saved and baptized recently. Lord, what an encouragement to see. Uh, the 18 people standing up here for a picture this morning, God, thank you for that. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for that we can sit back and watch you work. And Lord, thank you for the soul that was saved this morning after the service. God, I pray in all things that you'd be honored and glorified tonight. And you challenge hearts and encourage those who need to be encouraged. We ask these things in your name. Amen. Genesis chapter 1, uh, it's the beginning of the year, and, uh, and we'll look at this very beginning of the, the book here, Genesis chapter 1. And It's my custom, I I try to always read through the Bible every single year. We have Bible reading schedules, and uh, not to to sound horrible, but I think last year might have been the first year that I don't think I went all the way through the Bible. Um, I didn't miss a Bible reading day, but it was a lot of just really just parking in one place and reading that over and over and over again. Um, If you've never read the Bible all the way through, I would challenge you to do that. I'm not trying to put pressure on you, but can you imagine standing before the Lord one day and you get to heaven and um, you say, I didn't even read the whole book that you, that you left for us, uh, Lord, and so I just I challenge you, if you've never done that before, it's just literally just 15, 20 minutes a day, um, that'd be a good thing to do. I was speaking to someone just uh, recently who's been saved and um, they said, you know, I don't really understand everything that I'm reading, but I'm trying. And uh, you know what I said to them, I said, well, if you weren't reading anything, you wouldn't understand anything. So the fact that you're reading, the more that you read, you're going to understand. And I'm thankful that, uh, they, that the desire to, to, to read the Word of God. And uh, so I just challenge you if you're not am not doing that. Uh, I remember many times as a teenager, um, oh, I'm going to I'm going to read three hours today, five hours today. And um, if you if you're not doing it at all, don't. Don't overwhelm yourself. Start off small. Take baby steps and, uh, and get to where you can just um, soak it up, soak it up. And uh, the more that you read, the more that you'll fall in love with the Lord and draw close to Him as He draws close to you, as we've heard tonight. But we're going to jump right into Genesis chapter 1, and uh, we can look at um, several several different verses. We're going to begin in verse 26, but as, uh, as we get to verse 26, I just want to make a few comments uh, real quick. But look at verse verse number 6, okay? Um, And God said, let there be a firmament." Okay, now look at verse number 9. And God said, look at verse 14. And God said, okay, look at verse 24. And God said, now look at verse 26. And God said, let us make man in our image. And we'll spend a little bit of time in this, but uh, this is just the first chapter of the book of uh, of the Bible here we see immediately. Uh, again, we could see uh, God and Jesus eternal, the deity of Christ. He's, he forever has been, forever will be, and let us make man in our image and in our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So, God created man in his own image and in the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. Uh, We still believe that, right? There's only two genders, male and female, and I tell you what, uh, I've heard many uh, conversations on the other side of their interpretation of this, and um, it's just it's very, very disturbing, very disgusting. Um, But God still died for those people that are very confused. We need to continue to give them, continue to give them the truth. And to every beast of the earth, and to every fowl of the air, and to everything that creepeth upon the earth, wherein there is life, I have given every green herb for meat, and it was so. Verse 31, and God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. In the evening, in the morning, were the sixth day. I'd like to just make a few comments. We read very quickly through several of those verses the the phrase, and we're getting to get into that. But question number one, question number one tonight was what? What is our Purpose. What is our purpose? Somebody tell me, um, what is, oh, before you get ahead of me, um, not, not just talking about Christians, okay, but our, God's creation, man, uh, humankind, what is humankind's purpose? What is our purpose, Brother Dave? For Revelation 4.11, all are created for his pleasure. Yes, all created for his pleasure. Um, we, we were created, okay, bottom line, we were created to worship him. We were created to obey him. Uh, we were created to have fellowship with him. Um, as we read through those verses, God, uh, it was we very quickly of creation. The very first time that uh, is mentioned here in the scripture, uh, we see Jesus is when it's talking about making, making man. Uh, there's a difference, okay? Uh, maybe some of you say, "Well, you don't, you don't know my brother, you don't know my sister, or my cousin." There's a difference between animals and humans, okay? But uh, well, our purpose is what, uh, is what we were created to worship. And what's the purpose of a follower of Jesus Christ? Now, if you compare the other things that we read through, creatures, okay, created, man and woman, humankind has been set apart. The creation. Uh, look at look at uh, verse 26 again. Verse 26, and God said, "Let us make man." And uh, in our image, and our likeness, let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and every creeping thing that upon the earth. We can go all the way through that again. But there was a purpose that God made man for him. Let's jump to chapter 2. Look at verse number 15. Genesis chapter 2, verse 15, it says this. And the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof thou shalt surely surely die. So uh, it's good to read uh, that those, those couple of verses and find those action words. Look at verse verse number 15. What is the first action word that we come to? And the Lord God took, took the man. And what did he do with the man? And he put him in the garden. Okay, So we see that there was... There was a purpose. Uh, God put man in there to, 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 and then later in that verse, this uh, garden of Eden, to dress it and to keep it, uh, which really, I mean, it means to, to, to take care of it, to, to work it. Uh, we see humans are put in the garden to worship and obey God. Uh, their lives were to be characterized by worship and obedience. Now, if you think about this, I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself, but again, we were created for his pleasure. We were created to worship him. That's everybody, that's what we were created for. That's, that's non-believers and believers, but that's what humankind was created for. Okay, that was our purpose, okay? Um, our intended purpose of, as God's creation, we to have a closeness, a fellowship with God to worship and obey him. Question number two, what happened? What happened? Three-letter word. Sin. Sin. Sin is what happened. So applying this to our lives today Okay, what is our purpose? Our purpose is to worship and obey him, give God the glory. What happens, what happened when I stopped doing that? It's sin that is is very evident in my life. Why do I not want to, can I just be a little bit honest with you tonight? That's a good thing to do uh, in church. Uh, But there's there's some times where when I'm frustrated about something, I don't want to pray. You know, it's something so so silly. Uh, You know, you lose you lose your keys or you get frustrated about something and it's like, no, I'm, I'm in a bad mood and I'm enjoying this. In fact, I'm going to, uh, you know, what are those, I shouldn't even, my wife's probably in the nursery hearing this right now, but it's like, you know, there's, you know, you get to a point where you just get frustrated and all of a sudden you uh, try to, huh, I'll say it this way, okay, so this last week uh, we had a come to Jesus moment with my kids and uh, I brought them all together because we were just being so sharp and so uh, mean with our tongue. So we brought out, Uh, you know, the example of, you know, being kind and do unto others, and so then I, you know, took him to scripture, and James said, we're supposed to think before we speak, you know, be slow, uh, be slow to speak, and so then we went around the room, and I started with Reagan. Reagan, so what are we supposed to do? We're supposed to what? She's like, think before we speak. Good. Ryan, what are we supposed to do? We're supposed to think before we speak. We got to Ryder, and he goes, speak before we think. And he just smiles just like that. He had no idea what he said. He mixed it up. But it was like, you know what, Ryder? You are, uh, you are a, a chip off the, off the old block. Because so many times, man, I just speak before I think. You know, And I could be very quick and say, you know what? I'm in a bad mood. And I'm going to tell you. And I'm going to see all the problems. And I'm going to tell you everything that's wrong. And all of a sudden, it's like, Man, I, uh that was not exactly what we were supposed to, and it was my, the sin, I was blinded by my own pride, and really the things in my own life that maybe I was having an issue with, I have a very good, I have a very good tendency to tell other people what they're doing wrong, and not myself, but our purpose, worship and obey God, what happened, sin, sin can really uh, blur some things in your life, it's just really just confusion, and again, we know the Word of God teaches that God's not the author of confusion. And when we start to allow sin to just dictate our lives, and uh, I've been really enjoying, even though it's only been a couple times in the last six weeks by the day, but I'm enjoying this the study on on sin and what uh, through Romans chapter six. And it's like you know what? It's something we all know. It's something we all acknowledge, but uh, we don't do a very good job of uh, really just. Keeping it at the forefront of just as soon as that some, something comes in, man, we're very, very careful. No, I don't. I want. I don't want that in my life. And for everybody, it's different. Um, jump, jump to Genesis chapter three. I've used these verses before, very recently. So, and I know many of us are very familiar with these passages of Scripture. But chapter three starts with the entrance of a, of a new uh, character in the story, if you will, the serpent. And we know the serpent to be Satan, and he's a trickster. He's a deceiver, and he wanted to really. His purpose was to upset the order that God had created and established. Uh, the serpent twists God's words, and he convinced the woman to eat of the tree. Look at verse, uh, verse number six and seven in Genesis chapter three here. When the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree to be desired to make one wise, let me slow down here. She saw that the tree was good for food, it was pleasant to the eyes. And it's a tree to be desired to make one wise. So now she's got her focus off of Christ. She's got her eyes focused on herself, um, flesh and, and, uh, and uh, pride here that's creeping in. And she took of the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also unto her husband with her and he did eat. And the eyes of them were both open and they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden to cool of the day and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. And, and again, I, uh, every time I read this story, it's frustrating. It's like, no, don't listen. Don't do that. And then um, it's always, again, as you read through it, and it's very comical that they, they realize that they're naked and they, they sew an apron uh, for themselves. And I don't want to be... Too funny tonight, but you understand if you wear an apron, if that's all you're wearing, that doesn't cover everything. So they were, they were still blinded by their own sin and their selfishness. trying to cover up their own sin because they were so shameful, and they got away from the Lord, and they wanted to hide from him. And that's exactly, and I, and I find it so interesting uh, and so incredible that it only took the serpent two times, two times to speak. And it upset the whole balance and the trust and the obedience that the creation is supposed to have towards the creator. The man and the woman became; they wanted to become like God. And as soon as they ate the fruit, the, it was the, the 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 what what happened was they wanted to be like God. But they, if you think about it, they were already created in the image of God. They had uh, something that no other creation had. They had fellowship with the Holy God, and they had that direct physical um, that, that that fellowship. And their disobedience resulted in what we're dealing with today. Just one small decision of how it affected them and affected the entire entire uh, future for everybody. They're no longer close with God, uh, the, the physical closeness. Their fellowship with them had ended uh, because at the end of chapter three, what happens? They get cast out of the garden. Uh, they no longer worshiped and obeyed God because of their disobedience. Now. Um, I'm not saying that they didn't get, um, get right and they were looking forward to uh, of Jesus Christ coming and taking away the sins. And, uh, but they, there was a difference that took place. And it was, I'm sure, no doubt when we get to heaven, um, all, they, they would a million times over say, we wish we would have never listened to the serpent. They chose to worship other things like themselves over the one who created them. The intended purpose was shattered, broken, tainted by what? Sin. Sin. So let me ask you tonight, and uh, we're going very quickly tonight on purpose, but what is our purpose? My purpose is to worship and obey God. What happens when I stop doing that? My sin. My sin creeps into my life, and it affects the way that I have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Uh, we are created to worship. That's what we were created to do. So if you're not, I mean, if you're not worshiping God, what are you worshiping then? Uh, many things that we can fill in the blank there Uh, you know as we read through uh, the the, the children of Israel and you think and you read through just the the account of Moses when he goes up the mountain to get the Ten Commandments he comes back and he finds what they're worshipping what Golden calf, and it's like almost like as I read it now, I know it was more than just a couple minutes, but uh, just again, silly illustration. But just this last week, my wife and I stepped out to just meet with Pastor for a little bit about something. And I told the three stooges, uh, Ryan Ryder and Rowan, I said, We'll be right back, it's okay, we're just going to be downstairs. Probably shouldn't even say anything, wouldn't even notice that we were gone. But um, all of a sudden, about five minutes later, I hear uh, Ryder screaming outside, and again, he's a lot like me, he didn't put socks on he just put tennis shoes on and he stepped right into a snowdrift. So you can imagine what happened, uh, just the, the snow. And it was almost like funny. He's just standing there, He's like, dude, get out of it. Like you're just standing in it. He just didn't know what to do. And, um, and then so then the blame game started. Whose idea was it to go down? And I look and Rowan's got rider's snow boots on. So at least they thought, man, I'll sacrifice, I'll wear tennis shoes and Rowan the baby can have snow boots. And it's like, Ryan's trying to say, it was all rider's idea. And I said, Ryan. Ryder could barely get shoes on himself. I know he, he didn't put boots on Rowan, and you got a jacket on, too. But anyways, all that to say is like, hey, could you not just behave for 5, 10 minutes? And I'm sure Moses almost felt like that when he came back and says, where's your faith? Where's it gone? And they were created to worship. They got, they got fearful. And all of a sudden, it's like the thing that they were saved from, rescued from. They got out of that culture of idolatry, and they went right back to it. And um, that's exactly what we do with our sin. We're saved from that. And as soon as we have a moment of a lack of faith or maybe just uh, our our, our relationship with Christ is not where it needs to be, and uh, I've used this illustration over and over again, right? But if we're not completely full of the Spirit, it's going to get mixed up with our flesh, and our flesh is uh, very weak. And uh, it can be very, it's just, um, let me illustrate it this way. So you've probably heard it like this. Who is sitting on the throne in your heart? Who's sitting on the throne of your heart? What are you worshiping? Uh, for some people, it could be it could be a job, it could be a relationship, it could be uh, something that is very um, you know maybe not necessarily blatant in your face, sinful and wicked, but it's taking the place of your relationship with God. Um, can I be kind of facetious with you? But it's, I don't think it's too far off. Is sometimes. My, and I, I, actually more often times the first thought in the morning when I wake up is I want to go back to sleep, I don't want to get up but it's a, it's a sacrifice, i got to crucify that flesh and say no, get up spend some time with the Lord before he goes absolutely mad in this house with all these kids and have some time alone with the Lord but sin is the reason we must wake up every day and ask ourselves, who's going to sit on the throne of my heart today, is it going to be me is it going to be the devil, is it going to be the world is it going to be my flesh or is it going to be Jesus Christ we are created to worship. We must worship. If you, you, you find out very quickly when you try to step away and there's a void that's there, you'll fill it with something. You'll fill it with something. You know, not, not reading the Bible, it's amazing. Uh, again, not even necessarily horrible, wicked things, but your time gets filled up with all these things. It's like, oh, I ran out of time to spend time with the Lord today. No, uh, that's, that's a priority. Something else should have tooken, taken backseat to that. Um, it could be accomplishments. It could be pride, money, um, maybe just, again, just stuff that, um, I'll say it this way, I really believe um, now that I'm older now, I could look back and I could see it now, but I remember there was a time with my, with my parents that uh, I barely ever saw my dad. He, had, he, had a, he worked for the government for 36, 37 years. Uh, we were living in Alabama, and I remember like never seeing my dad. Uh, he was salaried, but he would be up at 4 o'clock in the morning to go to work, and he'd get home at 10 o'clock at night. And uh, I was normally in bed by then, but I remember he would miss church, uh, he'd miss some of my, my baseball games that I would have, and I remember just all of a sudden just like, I don't even feel like I have a dad. And uh, I was about eight, nine, ten years old, and all of a sudden we made a move, it was exciting, we moved up to, to Illinois, and I remember my dad, all of a sudden I got to see my dad more, well come to find out, I didn't realize this, but my dad was realizing those six years that we were in Alabama, I got to get out of here, I can't do this. I can't be away from my family. I can't be away from church. And here in my mind, I'm just thinking my dad doesn't care. But he was trying to work a way that we can get back to Illinois where they originally were from, or at least where my mom was from. He took a huge, a huge pay cut in order to move to Illinois. And I didn't, I didn't know any about that. Uh, You know, as a kid, they they don't share that stuff with me. And uh, it was exciting just to be able to move back to where my my grandpa, uh, grandfather was living. And so um, I say all that in the context of it was all of a sudden my dad realized you know, I could be making a lot of money doing this, but I'm sacrificing, I'm sacrificing my own relationship with Christ and going to church and my family's relationship. But I feel like now, if you were to fast forward to kind of some things that are happening now, I feel like a lot of people are saying, no, I need to work more. I need to provide more for my family. And again, please don't misunderstand me. I know there's some people in here that, Absolutely, your schedule makes you have to do that. But there's some, I'm talking about the ones that's like, uh, I can go to work or I can go to church. Which one should I choose? Well, I need to go to work because I need to make all this money for this. And it's like, no, what are, you, what are we teaching our kids? We're teaching our kids that the U.S. dollar has first place over Jesus Christ. And uh, I know I'm preaching to the choir tonight, but I, I, I'm so thankful for people in my life, like my mom and dad, who instilled in me that we're going to put Christ first in everything that we do. I remember sports. I loved playing sports. In fact, I was uh, talking to someone this morning about sports. I just, I love talking about it. I love researching it, love hearing stories and re, uh, watching documentaries about it. Uh, but I remember I, I as an eight, nine, 10 year old boy, I was going to play Major League Baseball. That was my dream. Um, and I, I gave it all up. No, just joking. Uh, <laughs> I was never going to make it, obviously. Um, but I remember that was something I really enjoyed doing. But my parents told me right out of the gates you're not playing on Sundays and you're not playing on Wednesdays. And I was okay with it, because we had already been going to church all the time during that time. And I remember there was it was finally my 10th grade year, finally got to uh, 10th grade baseball, and it came back, I don't want to say it came back to bite me, but it came back where I realized, I was like, man, this, this is no point, no point to do this. The coach was mad that I wouldn't come on Wednesdays and Sundays, so guess what, he never played me. So I sat a whole year on the bench, and um, then there would be times that we'd lose the game and we lost the game. He'd make us run. And I'd go run out there and say, Caleb, you didn't even play. Why are you running? I was like, i got to get my jersey dirty or something. Like, I'm going to slide in the dirt and just say, like, tell my parents I played. Um, but all that being said, I, was, I didn't look at it as a sacrifice. I, was, I did it off of the example of my parents. And I just want to challenge you tonight. Your, your kids are watching. Your family is watching you. Who is sitting on the throne in your life? Is it Jesus Christ or is it something else? Moving on here. So what was what is our purpose? Worship obey. What happened? What happened was sin happened. Uh, go to let's go to um, Mark chapter 12. Let's go to Mark chapter 12 here. Last question, and we'll we'll fly through here. Sorry about that. Mark chapter chapter number 12. We all sit on the throne at some point in our lives, and it's because of sin and the destruction of our purpose. Our purpose is to give God first place, worship, and obey Him. So now we're going to look at what our purpose is uh, and how do, we, how do we fulfill that purpose. And we're, we're going to jump into verse number 28 here in Mark chapter 12. Look at uh, verse number 28, and we'll read down to uh, verse number 34. Verse 28, Mark chapter 12. One of the scribes came, and having heard them reasoning together... Perceiving that he had answered them well, asked him, Which is the first commandment of all? Jesus answered him, The first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. And the second is like, namely this, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. There is none other commandment greater than these." And the scribes said unto him, Well, Master, thou hast said the truth, for there is one God, and there is none other but he. And to love him with all thy heart, with all thy understanding, with all thy soul, with all thy strength, and to love his neighbor as himself is more than all whole burnt offerings and sacrifice. And when Jesus saw that he answered discreetly, he said unto him, Thou art not far from the kingdom of God. And no man after that durst ask him any question. And so the man asked for the, the greatest commandment, Jesus gave him two, and he quoted two passages from the Old Testament: Leviticus 19 and also Deuteronomy chapter six. Leviticus 19:18 says, "Thou shalt not avenge, nor bear any grudge against the children of thy people; thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself." I am the Lord, and uh, we understand. Through scripture, the neighbor isn't just someone that's directly living next to you, and that might have been some of the misunderstanding that was happening maybe in that time, but the neighbor is all those that are around us, not the person who's just living right next to us. And uh, he brought both passages from Deuteronomy and Leviticus together to show that the love of a neighbor is a natural and logical thing to do out of the love of of God. The two commandments belong together. You can't. They cannot be separated. Love God and love people. And so I want to challenge you in this new year of 2024, and we're going to go a little bit more into this. But love God and love others. You want to have a good relationship with those around you. You Need to love God. Yeah. Make God your relationship with God more important than anything else. Uh, you want to have. Uh, you want to have a good testimony. You want to be able to. Uh, w- whatever the case may be put God first and all things that he might have the preeminence now the English word love can have several different shades of meaning okay to illustrate it I always do it this way okay now I love pizza and I love my wife how many understand hopefully those two loves are completely different type of loves okay okay um, one time I, I said this, and this this was bad, and I shouldn't even say this. But I, I there was a time that I loved my dog. That's gone. It's long gone. I can't believe I just said that. But I said, "Hey, I love my dog, and I love my wife." I said, "But if one of them got hit by a car, uh, I would choose my <laughs> choose the dog." And uh, I told that to teenagers, and they never they, yeah, the, the message was gone after that. So I probably just did it again. But there's a difference in the type of loves that we have, and um, the, the love here that God is encouraging us to display. This love with loving God and loving others is the question we must ask now is, how do I love God and how do I love others? And that, that again, back to the, the message is to refocus on Christ. How are you loving Christ? How are you loving him? Uh, loving God. John three sixteen. We all know the verse. Say it with me. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. It captures the simple in the profoundness of God's plan for his creation. Jesus is the plan and the answer for our fulfilled purpose. He is the answer to all things. When I when I was speaking to someone this morning about the new year 2024 and said, "Hey, are you excited for the new year?" and "Oh, no, not really." And um, actually a lot of things going on right now. And I said, "Can I can I pray for you?" And I would. and they said, "Yes, I, I need prayer." And uh, we all need, we all need a little bit more prayer, don't we? And um, Jesus is the answer to everything. Now, don't get me wrong. There's going to be some times some things come in that try to distract us, and someone's going to come in and whisper in your ear, most likely the devil, and say, do you, do you, really, do you really believe all this? Do you really, do you really love God? Do you? Let me ask you this question tonight. The, what is our purpose to worship and obey him? What happened? What, 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 need, what do you need to remove for your life that has taken away your worship and your obedience and your love to God? There's something there that's blocking that relationship, and you need to remove it. And... Um, I'd like to just say it, and end with this, learning to put our trust in God instead of worldly things is a constant struggle we have to face. And again, I'm not talking about the most wicked things, but uh, can I just be honest with you? Uh, when it's like a problem happens, whether whatever the case may be, I try to start to figure it out. How can I, how can this problem be solved? And um, I, I just said these words to my la- to this last week, and I, and I had a moment of uh, not so good faith. And I said to my wife, I said, I don't know. I, I just don't know, I don't see it. I don't understand it, but I know this. <laughs> I just got to keep trusting him and keep loving him. And I don't know what it is in your life right now, but I want to encourage you keep loving him, keep trusting him. And um, a pastor's testimony this morning, and he told it so, so quickly this morning. And I, one of these times we need to just have a, a QA and just ask questions about the history of this church. And I try to do that with him. And he just said, you know, for those four years that we were down there wondering why we couldn't build, And uh, I don't know if you caught that this morning. He says the Lord was holding this off so that we could move up here. And uh, I wasn't, you know, we heard that story in 30 seconds, and many of you were here during that, but it's like four years to wait for an answer. That is, I mean, some people might say that's not a long time, but while you're in it waiting for an answer, that's a long time. Uh, It is. And so let me just challenge you tonight to keep trusting him. Jesus is who we should focus on and, and, and daily say, Lord, you sit on the throne today, not me. Not my understanding, not my ways, because all those ways are, Lord, they're ungodly. They're, they're, they're not the ways that you want. Lord, your ways, uh, your will be done. Uh, there's a question that I want to ask all of us this year as we go into 2024. Again, very simple tonight. You know, what is our purpose? What happened? We know our purpose. When that purpose is shattered, it's because of sin. And Jesus is the answer for that purpose. How is your relationship with Jesus Christ? So let me ask you this in closing. How am I going to love God? More this year in 2024, and how am I going to love others more in 2024? How's your relationship with Jesus Christ? What is that going to to look like? Is it gonna? Am I going to have to go out of my way, sacrifice some time, some energy, some things that maybe I'm used to and comfortable with? Uh, will it be the same love um, that Jesus shows to other people, or is it going to just be a, a half-hearted love? No, we need to love the Lord, thy like God with all our heart, soul, and mind, and understanding. And so, how are we going to love God and others more? This year, and so I just want to challenge you with that as we go into this new year. Some things, maybe, uh, and I know maybe, oh, wait till next January uh, first. But uh, no, I want to challenge you right now. What are some things that we can do in our lives? Refocus on Christ. How can we do that with our with our own lives, uh, with our families, with our with those around us? Uh, What what a wonderful thing that we can do. And I'm telling you what, I I love. Uh, just sitting back and seeing people come to Christ. Pastor came um, from his meeting yesterday with, with Stephen, and he t- told me just in 45 seconds of how he got saved. And, uh, man, I was, that was, I, my heart, my spirit was lifted. And uh, you realize that, do uh, you know what happens when, do you know what happens in heaven when someone gets saved down here on this earth? There's shouting in heaven. You want to, you uh, please. Pardon the slang here. You want to have them throw a party in heaven right now? Go tell someone about Christ. Lead them to the Lord. And there's going to be some shouting in heaven. And um, and what what a wonderful thing. And so as we go about our lives, I want to challenge you. How are you doing with showing the love of Christ? How's your relationship with him? Is it just whenever I get down? Is it just whenever something catastrophic comes into my life? Or is it a daily decision? God, you're sitting on the throne in my life today. Help me to refocus on you. Help me not to focus on this over here. Help me to focus on you. Heavenly Father, God, I thank you, Lord, for your word. Lord, I thank you for just uh, those that made it out tonight. God, I pray you'd bless them and their, their lives and their families. God, I thank you for the examples that you give to us, um, Lord, and I think of just the message this morning of Abraham's faith and what an encouragement it is to us. Lord, I don't know what you're doing in hearts tonight. I don't know where everybody's uh, spiritual condition or uh, where they're at right now, but Lord, I do know that uh, uh, there's a lot of things that we are constantly confused about Lord, or just looking for answers. Help us to continue, Lord, to give you first place in everything that we do, first place in our day, first place in just, Lord, our, uh, the things that you give to us. And, Lord, I just ask for your blessing as we dismiss tonight. In Jesus' name.